if somebody is an established artist with 100K followers, they're going to win this curation, right? It's a popularity contest. It's I look at that art, I recognize it immediately because I know who's by. So if I'm coming into the scene fresh or Frank's coming in or Blaine's coming in and you're only, you know, you've got five followers and one NFT, but you've been making art your whole life in Web2, does that invalidate you as an artist? I mean, I don't think so, right? So I think one thing we I've I recently have introduced to kind of some of the curations we do, they tend to be the bigger ones that are harder, more difficult to get. I skew the amount of votes towards emerging artists. So what I do is I'll say, okay, out of this 100, 100 artists, for this top kind of group, we're going to give you, let's say, five votes out of, you know, five votes to select three people out of this group. And I'll look at their existing notoriety and I'll kind of start segmenting people into groups so that I can try to give emerging artists a better chance. Hello and welcome to the People of Web3 podcast, where we talk to creators, builders and thought leaders in the Web3 space. We explore and unpack ideas, values, and strategies that hopefully can help all of us navigate this Web3 movement with a bit more purpose and clarity. If this sounds interesting to you, then feel free to subscribe. But other than that, please enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the People of Web3 podcast. I'm your co-host, Frank. And of course, Blaine is here with me. Hey, Blaine. Hey. And today we have a very special guest. We have Lore from Hug, who is the head curator. Hello, Lore. Hey, hey. How's everybody doing? We're good. We're doing good. good. Everyone in different time zones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're making it work. We're making it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. So today we want to talk about um, curation as a curator and Hug, the platform. So maybe a quick introduction of who you are, maybe what you did before Web3, and then what what role you're in now in Web3. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everybody. I'm Lore, um, Lorraine Yi, uh, and I am head curator at Hug. Um, I have been head curator since kind of the inception of Hug, so I helped to help uh, just set up this Discord, get Hug built up from the ground up, um, and really get those community curators into place. Um, so a little bit about me, I guess before my Web3 journey, I've kind of dabbled here, there, everywhere. Um, I had like a linguistics degree. Uh, I had a like a double minor in Chinese and professional writing, and I used none of it to go into finance. So that was a lot of interesting fun. Um, and I realized quickly that finance wasn't for me. So I went back into kind of marketing. Um, I worked at a music app for a little while. Um, and then I have always been a writer, so I write on the side as well. Um, but I fell into Web3 kind of in December of 2021, I want to say, around that time. I was kind of introduced to it through just seeing people talk about collectibles in general. I was interested in... It was actually funny. I didn't end up entering on like the ETH blockchain or anything. I entered in through Wax, which is very kind of mm. non-traditional for a lot of people. They're like, I don't really know why you did that. But, you know, I was interested in why they were dropping hot, like Hot Wheels collectibles. So I wanted to learn more. Um, so that's kind of how I dove into it. I would quickly discover, you know, NFT projects and then things like artwork, one of one artwork and being able to buy digital artwork through ETH. And then I kind of just snowballed here. Um, so that's kind of my, a little bit about me as a like background. Quick question. Hot Wheels have yeah. NFTs? Hot Wheels have <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I didn't buy any actually. I couldn't figure out how to do it at the time, but I was like, I want to understand. <laughs> that, that brings back some uh, nostalgia. Are you, do you know Hot Wheels, Frank? I know Hot Wheels. Yeah. My God. I'm going to have to suss that one out. For the memories 
<laughs> I know it was kind of like a nostalgic thing. And then I, I was like, that's weird that they're doing it as digital. Like, what's the point of that? And then I started yeah. diving into that. And, and it's just been like, now here I am, right? So like, it was clearly mm. a really deep hole to dive into. Mm-hmm. That's a very different beginning than anyone. A lot of people, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Cool. So I want to know how you went from uh, checking out Hot Wheels NFTs to now as a head creator for Hug. So for totally. listeners who might be interested in like this career path as a creator, maybe they're very interested in art and Web3, but them themselves are not artists. Um, how can they kind of do what you're doing? Yeah, I think I'm a really good example of someone who was never on the traditional skill set or path to become a curator who became one. Um, I, when I kind of came into Web3, I was really into kind of projects at the time, was curious by it. It was like the heat of the bull markets, you know, it's like projects are selling out quickly and they're pumping like crazy. There's a lot of excitement. And so I kind of started to get a sense of kind of a community that way. I was meeting a lot of friends through like different communities I was joining or different projects that I was joining. And then I kind of dove into seeing like people on Twitter sharing artwork. So I was kind of curious, like, oh, can I mint my own digital art? Can I share that? Can I sell that? Um, And I was curious about that kind of on my own. And so I started diving more deep into that. So it's funny because before I even had like kind of an artist persona at at all, I was, my very first collection on OpenSea is still up today is, uh, it's called MS Paint Memories. And it's literally a Microsoft Paint like just <laughs> like random shapes that I made and I minted it to OpenSea as a collection. I sent it to friends because I just wanted to understand how a contract would work. Um, nice. So a lot of that was like just playing around and falling into kind of the art sphere. And so I started collecting more and more art because I was like, oh, this is really accessible to me. And it's actually reasonable for me to do so. Um, and so that was a really new experience. I think I started to really kind of want to work in Web3 as I was kind of exploring that. Um, for me, I kind of noticed, you know, I'm really loving the idea of building these communities and building a product around these communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when I, I think it was a uh, March 15th, I want to say international women's day of 2021. So this time last year, like a little bit, a year and a half, a year and plus, um, I put out a tweet actually, that was an international women's day wish to work in work in web three. So I said, okay, my international women's day wish is I hope I can work in web three. At the time I was kind of just tweeting threads or like thoughts on artwork, thoughts on digital art, thoughts on like, these are artwork, artists I love and just buying a lot of art. Um, and within 15 minutes of making that tweet, Debbie, Debbie soon, our founder slid into my DMs. <laughs> and was like, Hey, I think this is good for something that we're making. And I was like, Okay, I'm scared shitless. I'm, I have one cousin here, by the way. Um, and so I said, okay, I'm I'm scared shitless. Um, I'd love well, to give it a try, right? Like, I, like we could let's let's give it a try. Uh, so we set up a meeting that like following Monday, and she told me like you know she, she was she and Randy wanted to build something called Hug. I was intrigued by it all. Um, at the time, they were kind of just announcing the idea. I, I was like. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I'd love to try it. Right. So I just, uh, I came on part-time and I think it's like maybe two, two, three weeks later, I came on full-time. So that is just so a show. Cool. You put yourself out there. That's buzzy. It's like you, you, you what you'd sent a tweet out or something. And then 15 yeah. minutes later, oh my God, that's cool. I, I think that's, that tweet is still up. I'm pretty sure it's kind of a legendary tweet now looking back on it. Right. Like, cause it's t- totally yeah. changed the tra- trajectory of my career, my life. Um, but it's been a blast ever since. Yeah. I, cause I, I could imagine like sometimes you might put some kind of messages out there into the universe and then, you know, a week, a day later, a week later, something happens. And you're like, Oh, that kind of ties in with what I, that thing <laughs> that I said, but 10 minutes later, that's pretty rapid. 
uh, return return on <laughs> message to the I know, universe. Better than Amazon two day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's real quick. Um, one interesting uh, thing I think about when people enter Web3 is, I guess, because I'm similar, I kind of pivoted away from architecture and I wanted to work within the Web3 impact space somehow. Um, but I don't really know exactly what to expect. Did you have any expectations when you, um, I guess, had this dream of working in Web3 and since working there full time for a while now, have there been any kind of surprises to those original expectations? To be honest, I don't think I had necessarily expectations coming into it because it was just so, so new to me entirely that I was like, you know, this whole thing is just going to be a learning experience at this point. Um, so I can't say that I came in with, you know, necessarily mm. any expectations for how it was going to be, but I am surprised by the amount of time I spend day in, day out on like everything related to Web3, whether it's, you know, working with my community, working with the artists that are involved, talking to friends, sharing my own artwork. I'm like 24 seven on there. And I'm sure you folks can attest. It's like, you wake up and you're like, what do I do next? Right. And then you think about like, okay, what am I, what's on the, what's on the trajectory for six months from now? What am I going to build next? Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun in that sense. Cause I've always been in kind of roles where it's rigid or I do freelance contract roles where I get, you know, a brief and this is what you do. Um, so for me to be able to come in and just be like, Hey, Hey guys, I have this crazy idea for a scavenger hunt, or I have this crazy idea for this thing. Let's try to deploy it by this timeline. It's really fast turnaround. It's really fun for me because I love the 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 moving around quickly, um, mm. which I definitely definitely I, I can tell you now it doesn't really happen in finance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you like that Web three game? You kind of yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of you kind of have to love the game because it's not for everyone. Um, <laughs> At least at, at least at the moment, at least at the moment, while things are a bit crazy and fast. That's true. For uh, Before we move on, can we dive a bit deeper into what Hug is and maybe also like who are the founders? I know you mentioned um, them before, but just for listeners who are not who might not be familiar with Hug. Yeah, absolutely. So Hug is founded by Randy Zuckerberg and Debbie Soon. So it's a social marketplace that allows artists to sell digital and physical goods and connects them with current and prospective collectors. So we use community-driven decentralized curation processes we always have from the beginning to now. Um, and Hug spotlights these diverse creators and includes basically, in a, a, including a and especially, I would say, including and especially those from underrepresented and marginalized communities. So that's always been kind of a focus for us. And that's why you'll see those artist identifier tags on our platform. Um, Hug is also known for things like Hug Studios. So we offer a lot of educational advisory programs for Web3 startup founders, creatives, um, creators, artists. So our latest one is an innovation laboratory for dynamic NFTs with, um, with Transient Labs. So that's kind of another kind of educational arm of Hug. Uh, but overall, Hug is home to like 2.5K plus, I want to say, uh, artists now and counting, spanning over like 70 plus countries. So we've kind of That's begun cool. the process of bringing them out of Web3 and into like physical spaces, thinking about how we can give them promotionals, thinking about how we can uplift them, make their lives easier because it's a little bit of a hellscape out there. Yeah, I, I um, on, on that one, how does that curation process work? How, what does that look like? Um, you you got these artists that I guess uh, kind of showcasing their work on your website, but how do they kind of get there in the first place? And what was that criteria? Was a bit more. Yeah. So when. 
Yeah. Well, so when Hug first started, we were very projects and artist-based. Like it wasn't necessarily just artists. It was a recent rebrand that we chose to really double down on helping the artists because that's kind of where we realized is the area that a lot of folks, you know, could benefit from additional help. Like, you know, you can't be a one-man team who markets, sells, creates, and ships your goods. Um, it's kind of hard. Uh, so I think that with hug so when we started originally it was kind of the heat of the bull like i mentioned before um and we were doing a lot of these project kind of reviews so what i what i did was or i guess what we did as a team was we created a form and application to basically join us as a community curation so it wasn't like a oh now you're on the mint list go go crazy have fun and flip it it was more like a okay apply with these three really easy questions they weren't anything crazy they were like who's somebody respecting the space what's a project you like what's an artist you like very simple questions and if you thought if you were even slightly meaningful, we, we considered bringing you on. So we took a bunch of applications. We uh, weeded out all of the ones who basically just said Elon Musk for every answer. <laughs> and then from there, I mean, we we ended up, you know, we ended up uh, sending out acceptances for all those curators to join us. So it was about 300 folks at the time, a lot of them um, being people who identified as BIPOC, non-binary, um, LGBTQIA+, people of color, like the whole kid and caboodle, kind of everyone who was kind of not really getting a voice in other communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, uh, we brought them on and it was kind of a very deliberate process. So it started off, and I always say this, is Hug started off on a Notion document, on a blank Notion document, which is a huge spreadsheet. And we said, okay, everybody, populate projects that you think are deserving of other people's like to discover, right? Like if you want other people to discover projects or artists you love, start populating this and tell us who you are. Overnight, that that spreadsheet exploded. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to refine this. <laughs> um, so from there, we ended up creating, I kind of created these segmented groups of different focuses, um, different people randomly assigned, kind of combined together to review certain projects. So it was really intentional at the beginning. And we were reviewing projects with a lot of like finite detail, thinking about whether they would make sense to for somebody to discover them. So people were voting on those projects. And that was like a really kind of couple month long process to even get down to a list of projects that people felt comfortable enough to share, right? Because like in the heat of the bull, there's so many projects that are minting and then going away, minting and then going mm-hmm. away. So it's like you want a project that has some longevity and a lot of people agree that it has longevity and you want people to be able to discover it. So that was kind of how we started was through this kind of community-based curation. It was a lot of voting. It was a lot of, hey, everybody, this is kind of the task and this is the deadline. Try to get this task done. If you have questions, let me know. Coordinating that in a private Discord before we even opened up to Mint. So that was how we started with the backlog of the original kind of projects and artists that you saw on platform that Mm -hmm. kind of hit hug. As of late, um, artists now can now apply through Hug directly to get a Hug artist profile. So it's a essentially a tool that has a lot of different features on it that allow you to kind of take ownership of your artwork, um, showcase where you sell your goods. And it doesn't have to be only in Web3. It can be Web2 goods as well. Um, and so that process is pretty simple. I mean, artists will apply now on platform. We used to do this manually by Google Form like every two weeks. Like I would pump out a new one and be like, these are some new projects suggested by the community, new artists suggested by the community, and everybody would vote on them. And based off of the um, the interest in cer- certain projects and artists, we would determine if those artists would be good for other people to discover. Um, we realized obviously that that wasn't going to fly if we started growing and I would probably be stuck doing Google Forms for the rest of my life. So we automated that. And so now on Hug, you'll actually be able to vote on the artists who are applying onto the platform directly. So all of our Hug Pass holders and now Meta Angels NFT holders 
um, they are able to basically log in and review your application. So it's not me deciding. I tend to decide like the queue in which like these artists are coming off of the backlog, but I'm not the one who's deciding, oh, this artist is worthwhile. This artist is not worthwhile. I think that's what's really different about the fine art world and kind of digital art in Web3. It's like we can, we can use the community kind of to make those decisions. So a lot of those folks will um, come online and we have a little system that's just one through six. How excited are you to see this artist on Hook? It's not how good they are. It's not how, you know, how, how much does hurt me to you? It's just how excited are you to see this person on Hug and discover what else they can offer you? Um, and we use that as kind of our basis for quality, right? So it's a one through six vote, 20 curators vote on every application minimum. So, you know, it's going through a lot of people all over the world who are reviewing with different types of biases. So it's like very equal in that sense. We originally started with five and we realized that's not enough as we kind of grew the backlog of artists and the people involved. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a kind of a, that community curation piece of it all. Even the reviews that you see on platform are moderated by in the community to come on and do that. And we wow, so many interesting points. Um, and with the, the community voting, that that caught my eye a lot because um, you're, you're leveraging, you're really leveraging your community and working together and everybody feel like they are part of it. And for the voting, it's about how excited they are for the project or the artist. So that's so interesting because now it's more than just <clears throat> that piece of art and your subjective um, view of that art. But it also encompasses like how much do you like the artist? What potential do you see in them? Um, what message or mission do you feel do you know that they're on and you you want them to be involved in the future as well not just this current art piece that that could be judged or how much money or a price tag would be on it and That's i like the yeah and and the the metric of how excited you are like what's what's your excitement uh, metric as a as a gauge for if it's good or, or not is quite interesting because I mean, the question is this good art, is this bad art is, is such a strange question because it's ultimately subjective. So subjective, right? Yeah. And but if you put an emotion to it, then that makes it a feel a bit more real. It's like how does this make you excited? Does this make you sad? Does this make you insert emotion? And um I, I feel like that's like a good way to approach, I guess. Is, is it a is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down for at least that initial stage? It's interesting approach. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely is like a, we use a one through six scale. So it's usually one through six and nobody can be in the middle. You can't be neutral. You have to kind of decide <laughs> if you're, am I a little I bit like more that. or a little bit less, right? So um, it, it is a really cool indication. I mean, a lot of times artists will fall kind of in that four to five most often. Um, but, you know, you see people who outlie either way, either direction. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a really interesting way to see kind of who is on the ball with kind of what's, what's coming up, right? Because you can tell kind of, from that score on my end, I can really tell who the community is excited to see more of, you know, and it gives you a really good pulse indicator of like, oh, people are really enjoying this step forward work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that, that was my other question. Are you the only person who sees all the scores or is that public information to the to no the i am the only person who sees all the scores yeah but that is just to determine ranking of how fast you're getting off of the backlog so generally unless you get like an outlier score 
tends not to be a problem. Most folks get onto the platform. It just takes some time. So it's just that I manage the backlog and pushing people out of the queue. So as people are kind of, you know, queuing up, there's like 500 artists waiting, you know, to hear back. I'm kind of reviewing those things, making sure all their links look legitimate, making like looking into the artists themselves to make sure that, you know, it's not just like, oh, this is a really great piece of art, but all this, all the tweets on the Twitter are, you know, just shilling random projects that are definitely scams. Like that's definitely a red flag. Right. So like sometimes, you know, there is error in community, uh, community curation and and that's something to acknowledge, right? Um, that it's not perfect, but it does help a lot. And I think it's a different approach to uh, to curation in general, um, yeah. which I think really fascinates me personally. Mm. Yeah, I definitely have to be careful of people who are um, impersonating or stealing other people's artwork and minting them on chain. It has happened in like even real life exhibitions of NFT art. <clears throat> so glad that you're doing it manually and taking your time, very careful and thoughtful. Um, yeah, I think for artists listening, if you're interested um, in, you know, joining a an artist collective or community, I think Hug is a nice way to get into, especially for the, um, if you feel like you're kind of unheard or unseen in other um, communities, because I'm checking out your website now, and you have uh, Celebrate Diverse Creators tab with women artists, LGBTQIA plus artists, Asian artists, Latin artists, indigenous artists. That's um, me. <laughs> that's you playing diverse. <laughs> I make and, the uh, I, don't, I don't see that much in um, other platforms that are so you know, right, you know, in your face that like, hey, we want diversity, and this is how you're gonna discover these people, these artists who might not be easily found in other platforms amazing job from like a platform that curates uh is there kind of like a a range of okay we want to roughly keep the artists under this level like under as level as in under five thousand artists or you know we want to keep it a bit niche or you know, we we want to increase it to as, as many artists as as possible is there like a approach to to that like keeping it niche versus kind of growing it yeah. as big as we can yeah, I think like when we started Hug, uh, we were really intentional with the way that we built. So it wasn't that we were pumping things pro like very frequently. I think that in the bear or in the bull market, you were seeing a lot of folks who are just kind of hitting every like roadmap roadmap check mark, mm. right? Like first we're going to do this, then we're going to create a DAO, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to we're going to ship this uh, merch item, and then we're going to, you know, just it's just a checkbox. And so for us it was very much like where are we going to be and are we going to be standing on the on the finish line of 5 years from now? You know, are we going to be still here 5 or 6 years, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And that's kind of the intention that we've always built hug with is like how do we build to last? And I think that's why you're seeing a very intentional and pace um, that's only recently started really ramping up and that's been purposeful. So a lot of that is kind of a purposeful buildup. I think when it, when it comes to the artist database itself, um, there's no limit. I, th I think that we're currently just kind of going at a rate of, uh, I want to say it's 24 artists a day, excluding partnerships and things like that. So it's ramping up quicker and quicker as kind of we've moved towards really focusing on artists. Um, and we're trying to bring as many artists as we can onto our platform to kind of be discovered. I think that our platform is kind of the place for folks like that to be discovered. I mean, I think not with just the indicator tabs of your artist identity being available, but also the medium specialty. So things like that, um, there's like we've really built Hug to be kind of the place for artists to be able to maximize all of their time, right? Because I think that's one thing 
thing that artists scrapple with in Web3 is like, how do I market this when I've already spent all this time creating and building it? And I'm like burnt out already. Like now I got to market it and shilling is uncomfortable. And it's like this whole debacle. Um, so I think a lot of the things and tools that we build on Hug are very intentional for that reason. Like things like commissions. Um, we do lead generations for artists. So you can, on your own profile, check that you're open for commissions. And if people are interested, we, we have a little kind of built-in widget for them to be able to contact you. And it'll automate that message to you as a lead gen. We don't take any percentage of it. And it's just meant for artists to be able to create more like sources of income. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of that has been very intentional. And I, I think our goal is just to help as many artists as we can. So there hasn't really been a limit in terms of, um, uh, I guess, an upper limit of, of artists. Uh, but I think that as we kind of grow and scale up right now, the team is small. So I think that is really intentional with like the speed at which we're bringing artists on. Um, but hopefully, I mean, we'll bring on thousands and thousands of more artists to come. Okay. My question would be if there are thousands and thousands of artists would, would that eventually hit a point where new artists or previous artists might get more difficult to be discovered by new visitors? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know if I have the answer to that, actually, thinking about it like that. Um, I mean, eventually, right, if you're in a pool of a thousand and you're one, you're probably going to be less seen. Um, But I think that at the same time, there is a a very big focus on diversity on Hug in general. Um, That's why you see kind of very catered tags so that those people who are already systemically disadvantaged get a better chance. And I think that's really a huge key factor of of Hug is the fact that I can try to at least give you some equity, right? Um, Because I think like going into a traditional art field, you just don't stand a chance in general, right? And even when um, I do curation these days, I've been kind of looking at notoriety. So one thing that recently happened, this is kind of to your point, is we did an art, uh, a partnership with Art Crush to showcase a couple artists in Belgium. Um, we also did one with L'Oreal to uh, do a showcase of artwork at a private event for them, uh, all AI artwork as well. And I quickly realized looking at those submissions that when we when the community was ready to vote on them, every curation we do, by the way, is voted on by the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized like, you know, if somebody is an established artist with 100K followers, they're going to win this curation, right? It's a popularity contest. It's I look at that art, I recognize it immediately because I know who's by. So if I'm coming into the scene fresh or Frank's coming in or Blaine's coming in and you're only, you know, you've got five followers and one NFT, but you've been making art your whole life in Web2, does that invalidate you as an artist? I mean, I don't think so, mm-hmm. right? So I think one thing we do, I've, I recently have introduced to kind of some of the curations we do, they tend to be the bigger ones that are harder, more difficult to get. I skew the amount of votes towards emerging artists. So what I do is I'll say, okay, out of this 100 100 artists for this top kind of group we're going to give you let's say five votes out of you know five votes to select three people out of this group and i'll look at their existing notoriety and i'll kind of start segmenting people into groups so that i can try to give emerging artists a better chance mm. okay so that's really where your your role as a creator comes in and manage and balance all that because for sure i think it could cause problems if it's just a popularity contest and like nobody likes that um wow that's a that's a huge unless you, unless the popular people probably like it but... <laughs> blaine's like i like it on, on average <laughs> on average on average not a good idea but like that's a really good and necessary approach because in like a lot of these things are popularity contests unfortunately and it doesn't necessarily come down to i guess the talent that you have or the value that you're creating um and the longer 
artists are in Web3, the more popular they will be. So, and the more followers that they'll get. So if you're still an artist in the Web2 space, it probably, the longer that you delay it, the, probably the harder it will be to be seen if these things are just based on how many followers you have. So you kind of need to be able to um, somehow uh, kind of spotlight the emerging artists with with not a big social presence um, because uh, if you can do that, then you'll probably entice and onboard more from Web2 uh, into Web3, mm-hmm. which is kind of ultimately a goal of kind of a lot of us here is to um onboard as many people as we can to the space yeah i think like one uh one african proverb is kind of a little cheesy uh but we say it a lot actually at hug because we think about it a lot as kind of like artists who are who i work with like daily you know i'm working with thousands of artists daily and they're always you know talking to me i'm hearing all about kind of what they go through and the one thing that um is frequently said a lot of hug meetings you know is 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 the african proverb if you want to go fast go alone Mm -hmm. if you want to go far go together right so i think that's always been one of those key factors for us like how do we help everyone go forward right i think even recently i saw a tweet on the timeline that was something like you know when when the yuga when yuga wins we all win when this wins we all win when hug wins we all win right so it's like i think as web3 we're so in infancy like we're literally just fresh out of the womb right like i think if we don't think about you know how can other people win how can their wins help me win it's like we're all going to lose, you know, it's like we're destined to fail. Um, but I think that if we think about, you know, if this person's winning, how can we win together and we go together? Like that changes the trajectory of everything. Yeah. It's a general theme in web three. It's like the collaboration versus competition. Like web three is like, I've noticed this is like heavy on the collaboration. Um, and then in the more traditional scene, it's like quite cutthroat competition. Um, so yeah, that collaboration is super important, especially like you said, we're early days. Like even though it feels like, you know, Web three has been around for ages, but like in the grand scheme of things, we're just kind of getting started. So let's not shoot each other in the foot. Totally, and I feel like you know this the space is so small. Like why even bother shooting each other in the foot? It's like you're gonna run yeah. into that person at the end. Yeah, time. exactly. Like <laughs> you're gonna run into them in the Twitter space, like in a couple of days. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so small. Like, traveling around to these different, different like NFT conferences, Web three conferences, like you know, most of, like a lot of people. A lot of times, you meet new people. You thought they're like total strangers. You try to add each other on Twitter, and then you're like, oh, oh, I've been DMing you for six months. Yeah, <laughs> it's so small. And I'm talking about like different countries. So it's so small. <laughs> yeah, but. I, I like um, the collaboration mindset a lot. And of course, uh, we have, we've already worked together once with the previous art exhibition event in Bali, and then we're going to do another one. Um, so just, I don't know, I just appreciate you really supporting other people in the space a lot. Um, you know, even this podcast, we're quite early. Thank you. Yeah, thank You're you. Welcome, always. You want to <laughs> ask yeah. or dive before we finish up yeah we're, we're nearing the end um but you mentioned earlier on and i noticed on your website as well you had a few kind of like um like in real life sorts of kind of assets how do you think about that interplay between you know nft that's purely in the digital world versus an nft which is tied to a physical thing 
How do I feel about it? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I personally love it. I love the idea of owning a digital version of something physical I own. Um, I have lots of things that I've bought. I'm looking right now even at an Amber Vittoria that I bought that was a two for one. So she gave me the NFT and then mailed me the physical to keep and hang in my in my house. Um, and, you know, that's one of my favorite things. I literally posted about it like actually 15 minutes before I came on here, I posted to my Instagram about like, oh, I love this piece of art still. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned that. But with digitals, I mean, I think there's a lot coming, right? I think commerce is one of those things that we're really interested in at Hug. Um, and I kind of mentioned that before, right? That we've kind of shifted into the social marketplace before we were kind of more di discovery platform-like, a little bit like Yelp, right? For NFTs. We're trying to aspire to be a little bit like Etsy meets Facebook now. So a little bit like you can discover somebody, you can review somebody, you can connect with somebody, but you can also buy everything that they have to offer. Um, and I think it's been really interesting to see that. Um, I think one thing that I find interesting is a lot of Web3 folks and brands were really looking to kind of just double down on Web3. Like, how do we make this the most Web3 experience ever created, right? But realistically, like, can you onboard people with something so foreign? Um, <laughs> I think one question that I have is like, you know, is does it make more sense sometimes to meet people where they are in the middle? And that's uh, one thing that we were thinking about with, you know, our Amber Vittoria capsule collection was... I wonder, well, how people will respond to this, right? Because I think as we build out and we continue to think about commerce and what that looks like for artists, you know, Ambervatory is a really great use case to find out, do people even want to buy these NFTs or do they want to just buy prints? Do they want to buy both? Do, would they rather have a bracelet? Would they rather have a hat? Like, I'm curious to know. Um, so I think that's one thing that's been really interesting for us to kind of explore. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of the future, right, I think that it shouldn't be limited to just one or the other. And I think platforms should be open-minded about both because ultimately an artist doesn't just become an artist because they're like, oh, Web3, I'm going to be an artist now. Like Frank's probably taken photos for years, right? Like it's not like he joined Web3 and was like, I'm going to become a photographer all of a sudden. Like you've probably already been doing it. And a lot of these artists have. Um, a lot of these artists that I speak to on the day-to-day -day are like, I sell collectibles. I sell plush toys. I sell shirts. I sell prints. Literally anything you could think of, they will probably sell. Um, so it's been interesting to kind of expand, even kind of go backward a little bit in terms of some of the dev work we've done on profiles has been like before we were like, oh, every blockchain, right? Every blockchain, every uh, marketplace, let's start there. And then people were like, hey, can I put my Etsy shop on here? Hey, can I put my Society6, my Redbubble, you know, like really random, you know, very familiar marketplaces. I've even had people say, is it okay to link my Instagram shop as a collection? Like, yeah, of course it is. Because I mean, realistically, that's where you're selling goods. And I think that Hug's main goal here is really to help these artists create different avenues for for profit right um and you're seeing us kind of experiment with that with um our latest collaboration so we've we're doing a showcase in kansas city missouri with in partnership with digital dreams kc um and we also partnered with infinite objects so that 17 artists will get selected for showcase and out of those 17 five will get selected to be part of a hug x infinite objects collection where they will be able to take you know profits and ownership and have a product out there to sell so i think it's just a you know a step towards the right direction in terms of how can we marry the two? Because I think that if we continue to segment them, it's going to be so hard for mm. people to understand, right? Mm. Yeah, there's so many kind of opportunities when you think about them kind of maybe together. I mean, it doesn't may not make sense in all cases for it to be together, but um, definitely worth exploring what those, those possibilities could be. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, so, so many more questions, but um, yeah, if we keep going, it's going to be endless. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, uh, recently I, I was talking to a friend about like this 
this podcast we're doing and then he also uh does podcasts and then kind of one way that he sees what a podcast is kind of intrigues me he says like it's almost like as the host like we're creating a time capsule for the guest and something that you know captures their life at this moment right now that they can look back into or they can share with you know their friends and family um so i'd be curious to like have this podcast but then have you on again in the future and then see what happens <laughs> we, i know a stitch in time right like part two maybe like a sequel you know it's like home alone we're gonna, we're like a movie sequels one after yeah. the other yeah, exactly, <laughs> okay, okay. exactly. So i'm just gonna try i don't know do you, if you want to try this plane like what do you, where do you see yourself in in one year and then see how far uh, off uh, i see i see okay <laughs> we, let's let's do it let's do it all right who's let's starting? say one year Oh my god, yeah. When, okay, when Laura, where, do you, where do you see yourself one year in uh July 2024? Well, hopefully, I mean hopefully Hug is taken off and we have thousands and thousands more artists to, to you know to do this. I hopefully I'm still doing this. Um I'm really passionate about kind of being in this space and helping to develop it forward. I mean, it's a lot of fun to be on the front, forefront of emerging tech. So I'm I'm really hoping I'm still around at this time, right? That's kind of the hope is I'm always at the finish line. So I hope to finish out strong, but I also hope um I'm gonna be entering my 30s probably in that time. So I'm only 29 right now. So I'll be 30 next year. So by the time it'll be my first kind of year in my 30s. So hopefully things are looking good for me all around. Oh, that'd be exciting, actually. 30s is where it's at. <laughs> I've been told. 30s club. (laughs) I will welcome you to the 30s club by then. (laughs) Should we do it? Let's do one for us because just real quick because it's fun. Yeah, it's silly. Do it. Okay. Okay. So this one's not like a soup. This is not like a businessy one, but like a fun one. Um, I'd like to do a NFT wildlife photography sort of a trip. Hopefully, with you, Frank, I, I I feel like a year from now, something running a in real life wildlife conservation related wild uh, tour, and then somehow that ties into some sort of a <laughs> that ties into Web three somehow. Pretty much, I just want to go out into the Bornean jungle or Antarctica or something and take some photos. But since That's this awesome. is a Web three podcast, <laughs> tied into Web3 somehow. All right, over to you, okay. Frank. I think your this uh this this trip could happen within a year and a half or two years. Oh, year he's like, give it a little bit more time. Oh, come on, bro. These trips you gotta plan like one year ahead, right? Um, <laughs> you need to bring that like forward. Not me. Bit, though, though. You need to bring that forward. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a big one. Maybe a wildlife okay. trip to the local park. Yeah. In Indonesia or maybe Australia, because I mean I want to go to Australia, so maybe even Australia somewhere would be would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever been to Australia? Uh, I was born in Australia. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah I don't really, know. I don't really put it out there. I mean, people don't really need to know. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. We put out the swish. <laughs> <laughs> Well, That's I've your new podcast logo is the switch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back though for the for wildlife and landscape to like a mm. road trip. So that'll be perfect, actually. Yeah. You should do that. We'll do okay. that. Okay. Um, for me, I guess I would like to uh develop myself more as an 
artists within the Web3 space. So in the past year and more, I'm more like event organizer, community mm. builder. Um, even though now, mm. now it's more specialized. So instead of just doing meetups for people in, in NFT space, it's more like um, I'm working with a team to do art NFT art exhibitions. Mm. Um, so that's going to keep going. But for me, myself, I want to develop more as an artist, have more collections and NFTs. I launched the, the Genesis with 10 pieces and then the collectors are really asking like, when's the next one? When <laughs> utility, when airdrop. <laughs> yeah, Collector when, management, <laughs> always. Yeah, so so hopefully next year I'll have Frank's going to be collectors. knocking at my door being like, can you help me? Can you help me quickly <laughs> give me a tool? Like, I have just the thing. I'm just the thing. Exactly. Um, that's awesome, Frank. I'm looking forward to that. I want to see more of your collections because I feel like Frank has always been like, I take so many great photos, but where are they, Frank? Where are they? He's got skills. Like, serious. <laughs> I haven't had time to like really sit down to like edit them. I was only able to bust out one image. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I also want to get in. Oh, here's it. I want to get into generative art. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, being more like blockchain native art. Uh, I want to explore that. So hopefully, in one year, I'll be at least trying to uh, do that or have some pieces. We have something. Okay, cool. I like it. Oh, we'll it. we'll revisit that in the next podcast and see and see how we go. I know oh, we yeah. better have all achieved our goals. At least I know I'll be 30. At least that's one checked off, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> a one check realistic one goal. Yeah. yeah. One, one for three is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. How how can we how can people connect with you? Like what's um your socials and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my Twitter is lore NFT, L-O-R-R-N-F-T. And then I have a personal Instagram, I guess now threads. Um, who knows what's going on there? Uh, but it is underscore Lorraine Yee underscore. So I can link those to you folks afterwards. But yeah, that's where you can find me most of the time. Either that I'm on Discord. I'm, you know, I'm accessible always. My DMs are open. I chat with hundreds of artists literally every day. Um, so I'm always available to kind of help out. Um, you can also follow the hug.xyz, obviously on any platform. They're all, all the social handles are the same, which is add to the hug XYZ. Okay. Cool. cool. I'll link all Perfect. of that info. Yeah. For anyone interested in joining the hug or just have questions as an artist in the Web3 space, just DM Laura on Twitter. That's how I met her. Um, she's very active, very responsive. So, yeah, feel free to to reach out. And final question. This is the closing question. That's kind of a fun one. Um, what excites you the most about the future of a Web3? Ooh, that's kind of a loaded question, no? <laughs> um, I think the possibilities, I mean, not to be vague about it, but I think like, I'm curious to see how art is going to shift, right? I think that a lot of folks are calling this kind of like a new emerging art landscape, right? And I think that that intrigues me. Um, I'm curious to see how art develops and changes. I think art is already starting to develop and change, right? You're seeing like dynamic art, you're seeing like generative art, and these things are just starting to kind of emerge for the first time. So I guess I'm curious to see kind of how, who's going to be the next person to take art to the next level, right? Like, how can I experience this differently? How can I um, see it differently? Like, what about, you know, an artwork that's with the code written reflects a different time of day, depending on the weather local to the area? Like, what about something crazy like that? I'm definitely curious about kind of the pushing the limitations of existing technology to see how art can change. 
Um, I think you're starting to kind of see that with generative, but I feel like we've only really skimmed the surface of, of the tin can, right? Like I think we're barely getting that can open. So I'm, I'm curious to see what's inside. 